This is the Champions Coffee Podcast on the Vigo Podcast Network. On this show, we take 20 minutes to celebrate the champions behind higher education student support and experience. These are the individuals who are pushing the boundaries and changing student lives on a daily basis, and we get to hear their stories and their visions for the sector. Hello world, welcome to the Champions Coffee Podcast, where every week we have coffee with an education professional who is out there on the front lines championing students to be all they can be. I'm your host, Jody Trapani, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Vigo. Vigo is a learner support platform that helps educators connect their students to their mentors, tutors, advisors, and counselors. At Vigo, we believe in celebrating professionals who make all of these support services tick which is why we're doing this podcast. Today, we're joined by Ben Lewis, uh, who is the Director of Student Life at Cardiff University. Ben has been working in student experience for over 20 years. Student Life at Cardiff University enhances and enables the student experience from transition into higher education through to a successful future. Services include health and well-being, advice and money, disability and access, and student futures. The department is based at the Centre for Student Life. Ben was an Amoshi board member of Amoshi for eight years and chair of the organisation from 2012 to 2016. He was the first chair of the Wales Initiative for Student Engagement, WISE, a partnership between the sector of NUS Wales from 2014 to 2017. He's the current Europe Director of the International Association of Student Affairs and Services. Without further ado, let's welcome Ben. How are you today, mate? I'm great. Thank you. It's great to be here, Joel. Amazing. Well, look, I'm really excited to have a conversation today. Um, you've done a lot of amazing work uh, in your life and especially here at Cardiff University. Uh, you've achieved some amazing things and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about what makes you tick. So to begin today, I wanted to ask, what life experiences motivated you to enter the education space? Um, so I was a student at uh, the University of Wales in Aberystwyth on the west coast of Wales and uh that was fairly transformative for me just in terms of in, of enjoying my time as a student there but i also um i guess kind of made the most of my time so i was an intern at an american university during that time and then at the end of my time there i was an elective student union officer and that kind of showed me the difference i guess he can make to people's lives beyond my own certainly um and i suppose in terms of working in the the welfare space broadly at cardiff university some of the motivation comes from some of the things i saw when i was doing that role um all those years ago and then after that i guess uh, when i finished being a student union officer i worked in um policy for the HE Funding Council for England, which was the sort of government arm that funded universities at that point in time. And uh, my particular role then was around widening participation policy and what you funded that would make a difference, what the government was funding that would make a difference in terms of social inclusion in HE. So that kind of gave me like a policy grounding on the impact that the sector has. So I guess it's those two things. It's the on the ground student experience and seeing some of those kind of quite significant moments that happened when I was doing that kind of work and then also the policy grounding working working in that other role later it really feels like there are two pretty significant sets of experience that make a really strong foundation for what you're trying to do today because you can really tackle student experience from both of those lenses yeah I think that's true and I think um, for a range of different reasons the time while I've been at Cardiff University we've been able to 
sort of do some really innovative things that perhaps aren't, aren't, aren't as easy for some others to do. And it's also coincided with building this new physical facility that we're in today, the Centre for Student Life, which is a huge investment in the student experience at Cardiff. But because of the kind of service-led design building it is, it means that we can work in very different ways um, than we would have been able to in the past. I've been walking around this building today and I've been uh, lost in, in its grandness a, f- a few times walking down different hallways and stuff like that. But, uh, but not actually lost. No, no, it's, a, it's an incredible space. you mind telling us a little bit more about what this project has been? So this is, from my point of view, it's been a very long-term project, but it's, um, I, I guess if you're trying to build a student centre, we looked at lots of models around the world, in particular in the US, Canada and Australia, and this building learns a lot from American and Australian um, uh, buildings in particular that are similar. Um, It's a significant investment by the university as well. It's worth saying that it's a big part of the university's investment in its estate over the last 10 years or so has been this facility and bringing this forward to its completion in 2021. Um, I mean, I guess the way I see it with a student centre, you can either develop a student centre as a sort of standalone thing or as a component of a library um, or is something that's kind of more of a blended social learning space that has services in it that perhaps is in some way integrated with a student union, perhaps. And that's what the model that we've gone for. And there's some kind of physically distinct things about our campus, which is why this building is as unique as it is and, ha- and, and the way it's designed. But the fundamental thing behind it that perhaps is a bit different is that it's a service-led design. So essentially what the services that operate from this building and what the student voice told us was needed was put ahead of designing the architecture. And we were able to give the architects a very specific specification to to, to build for us. Um, and it's also important to say that the building also puts student services and the student experience right in the heart of the university. So we're sitting across the street from the founding building of the university and this building is kind of on the the real estate that's right next to that in, in, in the heart of the university, which is where then all these services are being delivered from. Yeah. You can honestly feel that as you walk around. It's it's not often at uh, 7 or 8 in the morning when I got here that there's just students everywhere walking around and, and talking to each other and making those, I guess, like little micro interactions that, that really make that educational experience. And one of the things that was important to us in how we were thinking about delivering this was having all of that happening, but having the student services provision in and around all that happening. So it normalizes access to services, people access services earlier, and it feels like a normal part of your day-to-day student experience. And I think that's something we've achieved based on the engagement stats and what we've seen certainly since COVID restrictions ended, bearing in mind that we opened this kind of in the middle of COVID restrictions (laughs) because that was the way the timings worked out. Yeah. I guess uh, leading into the next question is uh, kind of on that same path is how do you think about student experience and success and how is that playing out here at Cardiff? So I suppose success really is about your academic outcomes from your degree, but it's also about leaving university, knowing where you want to go next and having the right skills to get you there. And that might well involve how you built relationships at university and skills through that period of your life that you've learned differently. Or of course, if you're a mature learner, so Cardiff University, for example, has a big nursing and midwifery school with a lot of mature learners. It's about positioning you right for that next professional step. So I guess the outcome and success can be very different given the range of people that you're working with and the kind of work that we do in the student life department at Cardiff University is kind of enabling of that, whilst I hope also removing barriers that might emerge during your studies as well. 
I think that's, uh, that's so true is that success does mean individual things for individual students and, and every student at university brings such a different set of experiences to it. So trying to account for that and, and provide service for that can be such a challenge and, and requires a lot of thought and a lot of effort and a lot of capacity going towards that. I think it's also important, you know, if you're, this university has about 34,000 students and you've always got to remember that every one of those people is having a very individual experience and it's very easy when you talk about a population that big to forget that yeah um and so success has a different flavor depending on who you are so success might be you complete a creative writing master's degree because you just really like creative writing but success might be that you qualify to be a doctor and become a brain surgeon and it's everything in between yeah and i guess really bringing that thirty-four thousand down to those individuals could you tell us a, a success story that you or your team has proud to be involved with? I think, um, so Centre for Student Life is, is sort of an overarching success because the building has transformed how all the services work. But one of the things that's most important for us is we've been able to use what's a very flexible facility to bring in extra support for our students that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And the best and most recent example of that since we opened is we now have um, a national health service mental health clinic in the center for student life and it means that we can provide direct access to those nhs professionals for students who are clinically unwell and we're talking about people who perhaps aren't in a position that university support would be right for them because they that you know they're because they're clinically ill but what we can do is ease access for them to nhs services and ease their care coordination while also taking pressure off our nhs colleagues because we're able to provide space and other support services kind of ancillary to the to the need the nhs is meeting and we're really pleased we've been able to do that and with the added benefit that we're also working with our partners across the city uh, and the region to provide that. So it's not just for Cardiff University students, it's available to any student in the city of Cardiff. That is amazing. It's, that is a, a huge service that you're providing there. It's, uh, you've been able to do some really massive things in your tenure here at Cardiff, whether it's like this service here or, or the building that we're sitting in. I'd love to understand what your five-year vision is. So you've come so far, but what do the next five years look like for, for student experience here at Cardiff? So I think there's sort of three things that in terms of the responsibilities that I have here, there's three three key things. The, the first one is as part of Centre for Student Life, we launched a new student inquiry service called Student Connect. And Student Connect is currently an inquiry service online and in person in, in this building um, with a chatbot allied to it as well. And I think there's scope to extend that as to be an inquiry service for the entire university with a consistent level of access to information for all students, um, consistent FAQs that, that are perhaps available from physical sites, more remote, bearing in mind it's quite a big, physically disparate university. So I think that student connect vision around inquiry management is important. And it's important because the population is just always getting more and more IT savvy with more and more high expectations. So we need to meet that. Um, I think the second point is around uh, the needs that are perhaps behind some of that work with the NHS mental health provision, but are around preparing people and educating them better around how to take care of their own mental health. And we certainly can see post-COVID that the needs of the population have changed. And I think we need to work with the population better on mental health preparedness and Mm. um, I guess you might say self-care. 
And I think there's a whole piece around that that is next. And that might involve talking about mental health in the curriculum. It might involve credit pairing programs mm -hmm. around mental health. But there's a whole piece of work there, which I know lots of us in the sector are kind of trying to figure out the way through. And then I think the third point is around um, the transition to university and how we all think about the transitions we go through in education. And that's especially problematic, perhaps if you're first in the family to go to university or if you're going through change at university, like perhaps coming to terms with your sexuality. And um, that kind of transitions piece is something I don't think universities have thought in a structured yeah. way about enough. And if you think about it, there's a very good business reason why universities should do that which is around retaining students yeah. and helping them achieve their best. But there's also a moral reason, which is around, you know, the how you bring someone into education and help them make mm -hmm. the most of it. And I think with that transitions work, that's something we started to think about in this university, but I think there's a lot more impact you could have there. I, I think you've just, you've hit that spot on that there's so much to be done and, and I absolutely love those focuses, uh, I think that can make huge, huge improvements for the for the way students experience education. This is probably one of my favorite conversation topics uh, in any of our podcasts or any of my my uh, conversations in education. But what common misconceptions do you hear within the student experience space? Um, I think one of the most challenging ones, which is quite UK specific at the moment, is around the fact that we're not a healthcare provider. So there's this huge demand that's coming through that we're seeing around student mental health across the sector in the UK. This isn't a point about Cardiff University. And there is a perception that um, the university is a healthcare provider because we offer counselling, etc. You know, we offer this range of mental health support. And um, I think the sector needs to communicate better what the boundaries are of the support it provides and that it is, at the end of the day, an education provider helping you achieve your best in education, not a not a healthcare provider. That's in the UK, that's statutory provision from the National Health Service. It's different in other countries. But I think that's the first uh, misconception around the student experience and around what we do. Um, there are other specific things in the UK, probably around the, the, the perception of education as something that you're um, a customer in, which then affects how, how students and, and their families as well perceive their relationship with the university and that's really complicated and it's complicated particularly if you're in student services because quite often in many ways you are a customer if you're engaging with those services and that boundary is all quite difficult to navigate mm. um, and the spirit with which you do it can be quite tricky yeah I, I completely agree I think there's there's so much that we could unpack there in both of those and I think the the difference between an education provider and healthcare provider is actually so unclear these days and, and it isn't just a line in the sand anymore because both those institutions need to kind of cross that barrier a little bit. Uh, and, it, and it's certainly something, you know, I've spent a bit of time at American universities and it is quite different in the US and the kind of things that work for me would be much more clinically driven and there would be a university medical practice owned and operated by the university more often than not. Um and that is quite different in the UK and I think in Australia as well. You, you wouldn't get that kind of mm. that kind of provision in the same way. So that boundary is, is trickier to navigate. Yeah. All right. I guess uh, something that I think about for myself all the time, but I'd love to know for you is that who is someone in this space that inspires you? Um, there's certainly quite a lot of people. Um, I've done a good amount of work with... Um, 
a colleague in England, uh, Steve West, who's vice chancellor of the University of the West of England, UE Bristol. And he's been a really great advocate for student mental health and uh, kind of pushing forward that agenda and is now president of Universities UK. And despite the breadth of that responsibility, he's still vocal and present in the student mental health space. And that kind of consistent voice and that escalation of that voice really has been very influential. So I'm always really happy to to work with and deal with Steve. Yeah. Uh, I just saw him speak recently and, and it makes sense. He he really can command a room and, and has such uh, such passion for for improving the student experience and, and helping students along their journey. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's, he has at UE, he's achieved great things, you know. Yeah. All right. And, and lastly is I'd love to know what advice or encouragement would you give a student about to begin their journey at university? The best piece of advice, I think, because I have given it to people before, uh, certainly applied to me. So I did my degree in international politics and uh, did a master's in military strategy. And I purely did it because I thought it was really interesting. And uh, I still find it all really interesting. Um, and uh, I'm sure my degree outcome was better because I just cared about and was interested in the subject. So the first off headline is, is that, is, is study what you like and are interested in. Don't do what other people tell you to do. Um, and I think perhaps perhaps the second point is, is a bit more vague, which is around trying to um, make the most of the experience of being a student, but not to the point that it stresses you out, that you're missing out on stuff, mm. the whole FOMO thing. Yeah. Uh, and I do see it with stories I hear about students here. Obviously, I'm a lot more removed from student life day to day now than I used to be. But um, yeah, there is something about fear of missing out, meaning that you just fear missing out all the time yeah. and perhaps fear missing out things that you shouldn't really be worrying about. Mm-hmm. And there is something about taking a bit of time uh, and not pressuring yourself in that way. And I think those are the two of the key things. Oh, and then I guess the final one is to think early in fact, this is important, but to think early about what you're going to do after university and don't be yeah. scared of that and also seek support early. You know, one of the worst, um, you know, the worst kind of outcomes that we see in student support are just where people don't ask early enough. Your institution is going to want to provide support for you. Your institution will have funding to help if more than likely if you're in hardship. There will be support services of various forms wherever you are in the world. So, um, you know, it's it's key that you really seek that out early um you know as soon as you can and feel able to do that yeah i think that the fact that you just kept thinking of things really just points out that how challenging it can be to be a student and and how aware we need to be of of that and thinking about that student experience and how we can constantly help them but i suppose it comes back to your first question which is it also is you know it is life-changing and that's what you have to hold on to, really. You know, if yeah. you uh, the point where you enter university to the point where you leave are some of the biggest changes you'll go through. Yeah, I think the the one thing for me that really stands out, and it's your first piece of advice for students, is that you should care about what you do, and, and you obviously do. So, uh, as always, we've gone over our fifteen minute allotment, <laughs> um, which is pretty standard on this podcast because we really enjoy our conversations. But uh, Ben, thank you so much for having coffee with me today and sharing your stories and advice and your visions for the future. This has been another episode of the Champions Coffee Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay updated on the next episodes, please go to LinkedIn and hit follow on the Vigo page.